Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I am honored that you would spend your time with me today. In just under two weeks, on October 10th through the 13th, is an event called David's Tent, which is a 72-hour non-stop worship festival. David's Tent originated in the UK in 2012, and over the last eight years has grown to last month over 6,000 people gathering from all over the world to worship together as one body because God is worthy. My guest today is Tiffany Bueller, the Managing Director of David's Tent. I invited Tiffany to share the vision and journey of David's Tent and how it has come to be what it is today, but also to share her story, her testimony of how God has met her in this journey about stepping out and taking that risk and saying yes to Him, and the beautiful, powerful, miraculous ways God is faithful to meet us when we just say yes to His invitation. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this episode and this conversation with Tiffany. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Excited to get to know you. We've all, this is, I think, only the second time we've met. Right. So. <laughs> it's great. I feel like I know you so much more already. I know, right? It's good. Well, you're you're close with my uncle, mm-hmm. Rick. <laughs> I love Rick and friends, Roy, and all those guys. I'm excited to have you here. David's tent is an event that's coming up uh, this well next month. It's already October next mm-hmm. week. I'm kind of was freaking out about that yesterday. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but it is a worship event, 72 hours of coming into his presence. And your tagline, your vision is because he's worthy, which mm-hmm. I love. It's powerful. But a lot of people here don't know what David's tent is. But more importantly, I just would love to hear your story. How did we even get here? Mm-hmm. Where did this come from? you're his girl, you're his daughter. And you said yes to him. Mm -hmm. What did you say yes to? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I knew when I was saying yes. (laughs) Yeah. David's Tent is a nonstop worship festival. That is not a festival in, in the frame of entertainment, but more of uh, coming away and connecting with God and pursuing the presence of God together as one body yeah. in a region. And I I said yes to David's tent back in 2011 in um, the United Kingdom. My husband and I were living there because he had been relocated there for work. And so we were, we were working there. And I've been involved with the Burn 24-7 and like some of the leadership of helping get Burn worship and prayer, kind of more city, local to a specific city. Worship furnaces, I'd been helping get those going in the U.S. before we moved. And then I started um, helping get them going in the U.K. So that was kind of how I got going in the U.K. and started connecting with people, knowing people. And I didn't actually have the initial kind of vision of David's tent. I got invited into it by a group of people in London that were evangelists and different professionals from across the city that had this great idea Hmm. 
that they wanted to do like a Glastonbury, which is kind of the British version of Coachella or okay. Woodstock, but Coachella. Yeah. They wanted to do a British version and a Christian version and British version. And uh, they had interviewed me because of my experience with the Burn 24-7 and they want, they needed somebody who could build this event that they were kind of seeing in their perspective. But were they thinking, it was, they were talking about a worship version or were they talking about just, because there's, there's Christian Coachella's, Christian music festivals, not necessarily worship artists. Were they wanting to do a worship event? Yeah, so I think they wanted to do a worship event, but I think they didn't have kind of the vision for 24-7 worship. They wanted to do more of a revivalistic, evangelistic, almost like it would end up being kind of a conference by the time you do a couple sets of worship, then all these speakers, and then worship. So that was sort of the initial vision. And, And one, I didn't want to press my agenda with 24-7 worship because yeah. I was being invited into that picture, but they had the name David's Tent. And so one night I was, we were, we were trying to figure out how do we get people involved in this? You know, we're a grassroots group of people that are coming from different churches. Nobody knows who we are. Um, how do we get people to actually come to this? And uh, so we were thinking of like, you know, we got to get Reinhard Bonnke and we got to get big names to come in and speak. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit had impressed on me, like, we need to we need to actually be true to what our name is. What would happen if we, you know, like in the time of David, we had the ark in front of us, the presence of God was there. Would we want to do anything else? Would we want yeah. to go anywhere else? Would we want and would we care who's there? Yeah. You know, that's like good. should we not just minister to him and be true to what the actual name is? So yeah. A lot of people don't know that that's kind of the origins of, of David's Tent in the UK, that it started with more of a evangelistic, revivalistic vision. Yeah. So we left that night and everyone was like, uh, we can't just plan a festival around 72 hours of nonstop worship. And I was like, yeah, we can, you know, <laughs> and it's that scary yeah. thing of like, who will come? Nobody wants to worship for 72 hours straight. That's boring. Yeah. But... Um, we went with it, and we really felt like actually, you know, it was scary. It was hugely risky because, again, who's going to come to just a worship festival? You've got to have great names and great speakers and this and that and the other. Yeah. Kind of that's what is our culture, our Christian culture is sort of used to. And so in our first year, we took the big risk, and we had about 600 people come from all over the U.K. that nobody knew wow. us. from. The, I mean, it's yeah. a miracle that we were able to get started that strong. But what was beautiful was that, like, the, I think we were all very surprised by the presence of God that was so tangible in our midst and the way that He manifested Himself. Yeah. I think we didn't expect that level of His, his presence. And so we realized that He's really, this is His idea more than it's our mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> yeah. We're just catching it and uh, here to facilitate it. And so we'd only thought about doing the one year and we were going to see how it went and it was good and it was successful but really it was what it did was it just left everyone very hungry yeah for more so then they handed off the reins to me after that because they were kind of like your this vision is different to our vision and this is what god's breathing on so you run with it and we're going to do our own things which was great so i've been running with it ever since oh. and it's just consistently grown in the uk year after year we've had our eighth festival um so 8 years strong awesome in the uk that was just a couple weeks ago yeah and about six thousand people come for three days and they just worship 
and they just meet with God. And what's incredible is the testimony of connection with God that people didn't know they could have. Yeah. Level of intimacy that gets established, freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things in the UK that's a stronghold is mental illness, particularly depression. And that is by far our biggest testimony, one of the things that gets re- removed. So people sp- spending three days in the presence of God, hope gets reignited yeah. and identity gets restored. And they, they have an intimate conversation with God and go yeah. on a journey yeah. of healing and freedom and restoration and vision gets deposited. We've heard of a lot of new ministries getting started from David's tent. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Marriages, mm-hmm. people meeting each other, friendships. Um, Hear that, singles? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. We actually, this last year at David's Tent in the UK, had a singles cafe because it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing in our generation. Like, it's quite a big thing. But, yeah, so we've we've just seen phenomenal growth. We've seen phenomenal hunger in the UK, which has really been so surprising, you know, for... Yeah. I don't know if a lot of Americans realize that there's a lot happening in Europe. But, you know, when you see 6,000 people worshiping their faces off for three days, it's like there's got to be something stirring. Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen awesome unity happening in the body of Christ, and we've seen a big shift just in the culture. Yeah. And especially people standing up, like the bride standing up, people taking their place Mm, as uh, believers because they've just, you know, for years now they're getting this time where they're, being saturated and it's it's um propelling them into a deeper relationship with the lord throughout the year you know it's not we don't want david's tent to be something that's like event focused yeah that it's actually this is catalytic for your relationship with god that you taste and see that there's more yeah and um and that he is good and then that gets cultivated even deeper in your own space it's almost like a personal awakening right yeah because there's so i i I encounter so many people who get saved. They receive Jesus as their savior. Their sins are forgiven. They're going to go to heaven someday. And they go about this far. Mm -hmm. And they're good with that. I mean, they don't know to want for any more. Right. Right. But they don't believe that they can necessarily hear God's voice. Right. They think that it's the pastor or the leaders or the people who are more spiritual mm-hmm. that have that capacity and and they never they never go through the veil that was torn mm-hmm. and people who listen to my podcast regularly are going to think okay Gina because <laughs> I say that all the time but there's <laughs> Jesus died for so much more mm. yeah so much more than most of us have ever accessed mm-hmm. that veil was torn so we could come boldly into his presence so we yeah. could have intimate face-to-face abiding time with the Father like He did so that we could receive the Holy Spirit indwelling in us Mm -hmm. so that we could, right, be connected. It's the vine and the branches. It's John 17. It's it's all of those things. Mm -hmm. And we're in such a time in history, too, that that culture and and the world itself just does not allow for space. It doesn't allow for space for us to, to come intentionally... You know, people don't even know how to sit next to somebody without fidget. You know, I got to look on my phone, too, while I'm Mm -hmm. texting, while I'm talking, while I'm watching TV. You know, like there's constant. And so to have some place that will allow people to step in and 
encounter for the first time, then mm-hmm. that is something that is that awakening. That is that, that, that what's their appetite. Right. Yeah. And yeah. gives them that, you know, once you see color for the first time, you're not going to go black back to wanting to see black and white. You want to keep going, right, you know, right. which is super powerful and significant. So just for the people in the U.S. who don't know, describe what it is. You're on an estate like David's tent is literally a tent in the U.K. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just describe that for us. Uh, it's going to be a little different here, but I would love people to just know the legacy it comes from mm-hmm. because I think that's important because yeah. you're, you're bringing you're bringing something that has matured and deepened and widened. So there's, there's a heritage that is being deposited here. So I think it's important for people to kind of know what that is. Yeah. So in the UK, it's on a, um, an estate that is owned by Christians and it's got this stunning manor home, which everyone calls the castle, but it's not a castle. It's a little downtown, um, yeah. It's downtown a downtown Abbey, Abbey kind yeah, of thing. Look and feel, and then they just have acres and acres and acres. And the landowner has like prayed for years on that land, and has actually envisioned tents on the land and the big, big top that we're in before we ever came to them. So mm. it's such a, it's amazing. It's, yeah, it's a divinely inspired thing. It's not a coincidence at all. Like yeah. God has already said it. He'd said it in hearts before we ever landed and said, here's a great idea. Um, so there's, um, people come away and they tent on the land, they camp, they take showers in the porta showers and all that <laughs> kind of thing. We have ministries and lots of prayer ministry happens throughout the weekend where people can just go into the tent, connect with God, come back out and get a sozo or get prayer ministry. Um, we have, a lot of space for community and networking within the communities, other missions organizations and um, kingdom businesses that come and people can just connect and, and find out more about what's happening in, yeah. in our, in their nation. Yeah. There's a prayer garden where we spend a lot of time interceding for the nation and the nations. And we've had people that have come down, members of parliament. Um, one of the house of Lords has come down and let us in some intercession for the nation in the UK. Yeah. We have youth ministry and children's ministry where they're just getting fired up. They do. The kids are, you know, getting more fired up sometimes than the adults, which yeah, I love because, sure. you know, our heart is that it's not just for students and it's not just for, you know, um, a certain age range, but it's for all of the generations to be together, like a family reunion kind yeah. of, as it were, and just to celebrate the goodness of God together. And eat together. We have like a ton of great uh, food vendors on site. I'm not, <laughs> we're kind of limited to the Del Mar Fairgrounds here and, right. and their food selection, but we have like different food vendors and people, you know, they just eat together. We see people like sharing food together in the campground where they're meeting people from other places. And we hear all these testimonies of people connecting, whether it's in the community spaces or where they're eating. There's just a rich atmosphere of the presence of God. So, People feel more at ease to actually connect with one another. Yeah. Our our two values are the first and second commandment. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So our two focuses are first the presence of God and then connecting with the people that are next to you. Yeah. And so we encourage that a lot. And um, I just love seeing... I mean, you'll see people praying for each other all over the site and just so much connection and family and unity and people just 
resting and having a good time. It's really refreshing. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to go to England, but I know a lot of people who have. And time and time again, what comes back is people, first of all, are overwhelmed by the encounter they personally had with God mm-hmm. and with the Holy Spirit and His presence, what they heard, what what He deposited. Mm-hmm. But then the connections, that there's something about relationships that are built. Mm-hmm. There's something about, it's just different and it's deeper and it's richer and it's, it doesn't, it's not networking, you know, it's not this surface. Hey, I was at this conference and I met these three guys. You know what I mean? It's, it's a whole, it's wholly something different. Yeah. It's, it's what we are made for. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's that kind of connection. And then, and then I also, I heard a lot of people, and this is just a testimony to you and your team is the the spirit and the atmosphere of the people there who are serving, mm. the depth of love and the depth of how they serve and how they value, they, they see the value in each one of God's kids that walks through the gates mm. and um, how they care for and how they serve the people there was, I heard so many people just amazed and wow. kind of overwhelmed by wow. that. And really even coming back and having it shift their understanding of ministry in a lot of ways. Wow. So, I mean, that's just a huge testimony of what God's doing mm. in and through you guys and how you're, how you're leading your people to lead, mm. you know, that's um, amazing. which I think is so necessary now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many people with so much baggage from the church, so much woundedness yeah. from the church, whether they've been, especially people who've been in ministry and on staff and, um, you know, there's just a lot. Yeah. that's that's happened and that's a just a powerful powerful testimony yeah. so that's the culture of england well actually can you share because the the people landowners there's a couple of other things like isn't there a vineyard that started like god just has blessed and then yeah. there was a place where it used to be like witchcraft was happening and mm-hmm. just could you share those little because i think that's just super yeah powerful. so um one cool thing was that when justin and i were praying about moving to the uk i turned on god tv because i needed a confirmation of you know 90 million confirmations that we were supposed to move again <laughs> and i and i saw the landowners being interviewed on god tv Oh, and this was before we moved, and I recorded it. I T-voted it because that's what you did at the time. <laughs> yeah. T-vote. I, I remember that. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, does anyone do that anymore? Um, so I, and I showed my husband because I was so fascinated by the fact that these guys have this land. They they run another festival on their land called Big Church Day Out, where everyone just comes and it's more kind of family fun and like rides and Mm. you know uh, there's music it's definitely more entertainment based Mm -hmm. but it's definitely amazing and I I told Justin I was like this is why we're moving to the UK and that was it I didn't see Mm. them again I didn't pursue big church day out we moved to the UK we were there and then when um, the Davis tent team had asked me if I would be their one staff (laughs) and build this event um they said here's a postcode which is a zip code you can you can pretty much get anywhere in the uk if you just have a postcode Mm -hmm. because you can plug it into your gps and it will it takes you exactly to where you're going okay and so they give me this postcode and i'm like driving and i'm like i know you know this is an hour away i'm going through all the reasons in my head this is probably a really bad idea and i get over the hill and i see the estate in the distance and i was like i know this place I've seen it. Wow. 
<laughs> so and now I know the landowners, of course, and they and the the guy who runs the the festival met us on the land because they helped us get started in the first year, and so that was just amazing. So there was that, um, and then so they have a they have a vineyard on the land that the first year that we did David's tent, their wine was recognized by the queen and it was used to inaugurate on a boat service. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you spray that, cause it's like a sparkling yeah. wine yeah. and it's now in our eighth year, it is recognized as the, the winery of England, <laughs> which is phenomenal. Yeah. That's awesome. And the land, um, had been surrounded by covens. Like for whatever reason, this area is very high, um, focused in witchcraft and she, the landowner, she would, they would put a cross up on the hill on a regular basis that would get defaced and brought down. Hmm. And, um, after the first couple of years of doing David's tent, they don't have any of that activity anymore. Wow. And actually what's happening is that people are moving to that area and the local vicars that we know, the local leaders are so envisioned for revival that they're literally preparing their villages, like these little villages that have been sleepy Anglican, like not very strong, you know, church villages. They're coming alive, definitely wow. coming alive. And people are all moving to the area because they're anticipating a revival in this area and they're preparing wow. their barns, they're preparing things for revival. It's just phenomenal. That's like it's awesome. amazing to see. So good. And how crazy it is that you get to you get to be a part of it. That I you know. get to witness it. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that that God invites us. I mean, if we listen, he invites us. It's not that the heavy lifting is on your shoulders. It's really not. It's mm-hmm. him going, come on, I yeah. got a really good idea. Right. <laughs> Let's go do this. Right. Yes. You know, yeah. um, that's really cool. So England, eight years. How did you end up here in Southern California, back in the U.S.? What brought you back? Yes. And what made you decide it's time to do one here? So we, my husband and I have moved, um, we've kind of followed a prophetic word before we got married, which is that would be nomadic going from country to country. And so, uh, England was our third nation to live in. And we felt like, okay, if we're moving again, we move to California cause that's where we want to live. I grew up coming to Pacific beach. Um, <laughs> and I just, San Diego was in my heart, like so much. I always have longed to live here. So we just had said, when we're ready to move, it will be California. And, you know, as David's tent was growing, we began to talk about kind of like whether we would grow into the nations at some stage. And that was something that we'd had as conversations and we'd been kind of planning and just waiting on God, really. Because, I mean, the magnitude of, of, of one festival is pretty, I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So to do another one is kind of like the Lord has to breathe on it in order for it to happen. Yeah. So we were, you know, we were like, we're going to stay in England until our kids are finished with high school, which I have three teenagers. And so we've just put one has started college. So we have a few more years left to go. So we've kind of seen ourselves in, in England until about 2023. And we're thinking that, you know, we'll make the transition unless the Lord moves us before that. But, um, in 2016, when, I mean, we were going really strong, we still are in the UK, our daughter was hit by a car. Uh, coming home from school. Yeah. Thank you. And she suffered, it was like near fatal. She suffered a very significant head injury in the hospital for, for months. Um, she was in a coma for a couple of weeks and then in rehabilitation for four months. 
She's a phenomenal miracle, just so you know. Yeah. I must say that, that she um, she's in college. Wow. They Praise had, God. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They had said she wouldn't walk, probably, or speak, or go to school or anything you know there was just it was kind of she's almost a vegetable wow and she'll wake up and that's all we know but she is yeah she's a a, just miracle after miracle after miracle but a long journey for us and so after that happened we felt like um we we made it through our first year of her rehabilitation and we really felt like the Lord, we, we made a commitment to the Lord that we wouldn't make any moves until we'd been through this for a year. And we were able to, in a healthy way, decide where we meant to, to make a transition from England at this stage. And we really felt like the Lord, um, we fasted and prayed as a family and felt like the Lord released us in 2017 and, and really started to swing wide the doors for California. Justin's company that he had just started working for, Sony Pictures, um, came to us and offered to relocate us to California. Wow. And so we took that as a sign that we were meant to move back to California. And again, because of just the trauma that we had endured, we didn't, we hadn't really thought we're going to go to California to plant David's tent. We more felt like it was permission from the Lord to come and rest and heal. Yeah. And to also pursue consistent healing for Hannah. So turns out San Diego is the best place for a head injury. Wow. Surprisingly, I had no idea yeah. about that. Who so knew? <laughs> I know. So what ended up happening was even though Sony Pictures is in LA, we said it has to be San Diego. And they said, we'll move you where you get the best care for your daughter. And it turns wow. out through our research, we find out that San Diego is actually the best argument. And so they, they brought us here so that Justin could work remotely, which is phenomenal. They paid wow. for everything. So it was such a God thing, and we felt like the Lord said that we could, you know, come and cons- you know pursue that healing for Hannah and for ourselves. And then in the midst of all of the confirmation of us moving here, we began to, you know, we were like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do with David's tent? You know, this yeah. we've been leading it for all of these years. You know, we need wisdom. And so um, we began to get prophetic words from different people in different nations that didn't know we were moving. And it was all about... The multiplication of David's tent. There was one phone call from Stacy Campbell that was like, California's ready for David's tent, even though she didn't know I was moving. And other people, you know, just saying that it's time for the the growth and the multiplication. And so we really took that as a word from the Lord. There was about a 10-day period where it was just consistent every single day. And so we caught that vision and we, you know, we're just open-handed. We're like, Lord, you know where we're at. We love David's tent. We love what you're doing with it. We're going to carry on leading with uh, the UK, and if you open the doors in the US, then then we'll 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 roll with it. We trust yeah. you. You know, we we don't want to do anything that you're not in. Yeah. And so we got to San Diego. Didn't know very many people. You had a couple people that knew us. Roy was one of them, and um, we just waited and rested and just prayed yeah. and just you know didn't tell anybody much about David's tent. We didn't really want to. We just wanted it to open if it was supposed to, and we yeah. just rested and healed, and and then it kind of just started knocking on our door from every angle, and we we're like, okay, Lord, are you doing this? Yeah, you want to do this in California? That's so important. Before we go on further, I just want to acknowledge the significance of how God met you and the miracle that you experienced with your daughter. Mm. And I, I just get emotional even while you were talking because it's like you're you're leading this this worship movement 
raising awareness that he is worthy of, of that level of attention and affection. And this is why, because he's a God who meets you in the middle of the most tragic, the most Mm -hmm. horrific, the things that the enemy means to steal, kill and destroy. God meets you in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And he is a redeemer. Yeah. And he is the one who works all things together for good, mm-hmm. for his glory. And he does take something. He does bring beauty for ashes and yeah. oil. You know, he that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it it's so powerful that I'm sure that next David tent, you worship differently mm-hmm. than you did in the ones previously, right? Most definitely. And And then to come here and the gift, you know, God is so intimately intentional with us. Like, you know, that he cares so much to bring Hannah here. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I mean, but it's not just about caring for her. It's also caring for you, his daughter, who's like, I really want to be in San Diego. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that that shouldn't, that shouldn't matter to him on the grand scheme of things, but it does because he loves you. I mean, that's what a good father is, right? Mm -hmm. He delights in, not just caring for needs, but also wants and desires. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that, that There's a complexity to his love for us that I don't think we allow ourselves to receive yeah. or even understand. Yeah. So I just think it's really powerful. And then I think it's also significant that there's a big thing right now. I feel like I mentor a lot of people. I pour into a lot of leaders and rest is very hard to choose mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to receive permission to rest, to give ourselves permission to rest. Yeah. And I don't think we understand the gravity and the necessity of rest. Yeah. And and the trust it requires too, right? Yeah. Because you're kind of letting go and and being dependent in a different way, yeah. right? And so there's something really powerful about your willingness to rest mm-hmm. and your willingness to let him meet you there, your willingness to just be a mom and a dad of your kids mm-hmm. and to be a son and a daughter to your heavenly father and to just live life and let him meet you in that yeah. is really, that's, a, that's an important thing yeah. so that you can continue the ministry that he's called you to do Yeah. because that has to come out of the overflow of where he's meeting you, right? Yeah. And if we don't, if we don't allow ourselves to rest, the depletion is gonna is gonna catch up with us, right? Totally, yeah, hundred percent. That's cool. I'm so. thankful for rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you rested. I did. I rested, and I'm now. I remember. I remember. It was about a year. He said exactly one year. And funny enough, we landed on the 17th of September. The nonprofit gets formed. On the 17th of September, the stamp that we have is exactly one year. And then it all just kind of launched after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been fast and furious ever since. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that I had that that year where I could, we could heal. You yeah. know, we needed it. Yeah. And it, and it rejuvenated for us. You know, it made us appreciate what we were able to experience in the UK as well as recognize, you know, get a lay of the land and get an understanding for what San Diego's like and what it's ready for. Yeah. And it would have been premature for us to just move straight here, dive right in and that's, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> dive right in and then um, you know, plant David's tent. Yeah. Yeah. And so how 
how has this been? Because it's it's interesting. It's almost like having having a vineyard and having these grapes planted on this land and they're so fruitful and amazing. And then you're like, now we're going to plant a vineyard over here, but the climate's mm-hmm. completely different. The soil's completely different, all of it. So mm-hmm. you're, you're transplanting something, but the very nature of, of being in a new place, you can't replicate it. You can't try to just manufacture. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can conjure or manipulate or manufacture what was David's tent because that was an organic move of the spirit. Yeah. God did something, but God's certainly doing something here, but it's new, mm-hmm. right? It's so it's, it's new wine. So it's got to have new wine skins. Mm-hmm. So how's that journey been of discovering what that even is and, and how to navigate it? It's a really interesting journey. I think because I've lived in other nations and have been able to get a feel for other cultures and respect that, it's helpful for me to just know that you have to navigate differently in another nation. I think what I love is that when I landed on on uh, San Diego soil, I immediately felt home, like hmm. more than I have in any other nation and every, any other place. And I've loved the culture here, so it's made it so much easier for me to find my way in the culture, whereas kind of... Some of the experiences that I've had in other nations, I haven't really loved the culture, and that's made it very hard to try and pioneer and plow through. So for me, it's almost felt like it's become a labor of love because I adore the culture. I adore the people here. I adore everything about uh, Southern California. So I almost want to see the beauty of what we have seen come, but also I want it to, to flourish in what's already here. And I recognize that there's such a difference between the two places. Like it's just, there's different perspectives. There's Mm -hmm. different levels of encounter and different theological backgrounds in different, in the different nations. Spiritual legacies are different. Yeah. That was a huge one for here. Yeah. And so I, you know, I pray a lot about Lord, how does this fit with kind of your outpouring in the Jesus people movement days? And Mm -hmm. is there a second Jesus people movement, you know, arising now? And is there spirit and truth? And what does that spirit and truth marriage look like? You know, and I just, I don't feel like we fully discovered what that's going to look like for SoCal until we are in that weekend and it's the full expression. I've been so delighted to like meet all of the worship leaders and just to connect with pastors and leaders and people who are so stirred and hungry for something like this and to hear what God's already doing to kind of get a sense for the song and the sound that's in the land Mm, here. That's good. Um, I geeked out about the um, swallows of Capistrano and, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just the song around that, you know, like, so I just, I'm definitely paying attention to what is the heritage, but... So for me, I've loved the process. I really do love the process, and I don't find it difficult or aggravating at all, whereas I know some people kind of find that pioneering process a little bit tough. Yeah, I think because David's Tent is so Mm relationship-based and organic, it has to happen in that slow, connected network. Not not even network, you know, just relational. Yeah. Yeah. Around the table. Spiritual family, right? Yeah, around the table kind of way. So it's slower. It's slower. Yeah. But I do feel definitely like, you know, we have this great little vine that's coming Mm -hmm. from our vineyard, and I want to protect that culture that is in that space 
And I do believe there's something really beautiful that this vine has to offer. You know, the wine that will come will be nurtured by the soil that's here. It'll be nurtured by the environment that's here. And it'll carry some of the DNA of what um, we have in the UK. But ultimately, it will be the flavor of San Diego. Yeah. It will have the notes of, you know, I know, like, right? I smell. I no. know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I know, I, I don't wine. know why. I have no idea, but I've, I've seen it on TV. I know, right? <laughs> I know, I've, I've tasted, but that's it. <laughs> I know, right? That's funny. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm excited for what God's going to do, mm-hmm. what it's going to become. And um, thank you for your obedience, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And for your stewardship of the vision and the talents he's giving you, you know, mm-hmm. the deposit that he's giving you and your trust as you step, you know, with that, it's, it's significant and it's mm-hmm. powerful. I mean, you've been on quite a journey with Jesus and all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is he dunning you? I mean, it's probably a big, really big question, <laughs> but how do you feel like you've been changed and what are the things that he's shifted in you through this whole thing? I think I have found, I think probably the biggest thing that I've found is just the reality of God. Hmm. That's been the most profound thing for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing to have that faith and have that response to faith. It's the other. Th- it's another thing to have the intimacy and the relationship with God. Yeah. It's when every day is reliant and dependent on Him, and He has to move. If not, it's not yeah. going to happen. And whether that's from seeing David's tent established in the UK and growing, to what we've walked through with our daughter, to the transition yeah. to move here. And believing in faith and hoping for it to be established here. I think that I I see so much of the reality of him that <laughs> I think if I were to ever do this out of any motivation other than just because he's worthy, is that I want people to to understand and encounter the reality of God. Yeah. Because I know that that is life transforming like you yeah. can never be the same. I mean, it's just like one one word that he speaks, we remember forever. It changes yeah. everything. It yeah. goes so deep. Yeah. And um, and I think there's so much richness in it that we've just not even uncovered, you know, because of maybe we haven't seen it yet or we haven't understood it or we haven't known. So where I thought I knew God really well back in 2010, I would say that every year and especially the last three years of the journey with our daughter and moving to California and pioneering here, I, I have no other, I have no doubt in my mind that he's with me always, that he is a hundred percent for me and so good. And, and he's right. He's just right alongside us in every single thing that we do. He's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for taking the time. Hmm. And thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. It's powerful. And I hope I hope people are encouraged because I think again it's easy for us to hear big God-sized stories and feel mm. like, wow, those people are super spiritual. <laughs> you know? Mm. Wow. Um, 
but you're just a person who said yes. That's it. Seriously. A girl from small town in Montana. Yeah. The fruit of that's pretty powerful. Mm. So thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. Appreciate being asked. So I have a couple of things that I want to challenge and encourage each of you on before we close. I want to call all of us to intercede, to intercede for what God wants to do at David's tent in this place at this time, this holy place of meeting between the God of the universe the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is also the lover of our souls, the place of meeting between him and his sons and daughters. Pray for that. Pray for freedom, for healing, for no distractions. Pray for walls to come down, for strongholds to be removed. Pray Isaiah 61. Pray. Pray that His will is accomplished. Pray for each of those individuals that they would know that they are seen and known and loved that they would experience that love and that they would be transformed. I also just want to take a moment and encourage you. You are important. You are gifted. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. He knit you together. He delights in you. His banner over you is love and he is rejoicing over you with singing and he has a purpose for you. My question is, what is he inviting you into? What is the invitation that you need to respond to? It might be repentance. It might be deeper intimacy with Him. It might be to lay down the boxes that we've placed God in. Lay down religion. And to go deeper with Him. And lastly, I want to challenge all of us, and when I say all of us, I'm talking to myself too, to be willing to step into a new level of obedience. It's time. 
It's time to stand. It's time to say yes. It's time to step out of the boat and to trust God at his word. And then just sit back and watch as he works, as he creates extraordinary things out of the ordinary, as he brings the miraculous to the mundane. So Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you for Tiffany. I pray that you would bless her and her family. I pray for protection and encouragement and that you would just honor and bless their yes and their obedience and their surrender to you. And Lord, I pray that you would move mightily at David's tent. I pray for things to shift in the spirit, in the heavenly realms, as your kids gather to seek your face. Father, do what only you can do. Thank you for the privilege and honor it is that we can walk boldly through the veil into your presence, that we can see you, that we can hear you, that we can worship you. Amen. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation and hearing Tiffany's story and her family and just their obedience and their yes to God. And the things that God can do when we say yes to him is pretty remarkable. If you want to go to David's Tent and you're interested in attending, you can visit davidstent.net for tickets. You can go for all three days, for single days. You can camp. There's so many options. Really encourage you to go check it out. I so appreciate all of our subscribers. And if you haven't already, would love it if you would rate and review us on iTunes. It helps more people to find us and to get encouraged through Sacred Space. If you would like more information on the Sacred Space podcast or Gina Stockton, me or Stockton Ministries, you can visit us at ginastockton.com. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to support the production of the Sacred Space podcast, The Dwell Project, and other projects from Stockton Ministries. The link is in the episode notes, or you could do that at ginastockton.com. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing week.